Namaste, it's Renee, and welcome to my podcast, Peace, Love, Abundance. This podcast is a place where I share my journeys, teachings, and lessons I have learned from being a well-known yoga and Ayurveda instructor, a master herbalist, and a holistic esthetician for over 15 years now. And I am also now licensed in both Colorado and Hawaii. I like to sum it all up into calling it daily self-care. With the rising cost of healthcare, we are hitting an apex where we all need to know more and take better care of ourselves daily. And there's no excuse not to take better care of ourselves daily. There is a plethora of info at our fingertips, and we know so much more about the human body than we ever have. My goal is to inspire, promote, and shed light where light is needed. Through movement as medicine, also known as yoga or any kind of exercise really, just get your butt out there. Plus, taking care of ourselves from the inside out as well as the outside in, there is a lot we can do to achieve daily self-care. Appreciate yourself for listening today and taking the time to learn more. I appreciate feedback. Please rate my podcast and share with anyone else who would benefit from listening. And it is with peace, love, abundance that I deliver today's episode. Aloha. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, today is going to be all about three must-dos for better vitality. But first, I'm going to dive into a little bit of uh, talking about what's coming up in the new year. I won't take long, I promise. I am working on a series of interviews of some great wellness warriors, some women that I know that are doing amazing things, and I'm super excited to get their interviews recorded and in the can and edited and play them in 2020 as inspiration for all the other women in the world who are doing amazing things as well. But we got to stick together and always hearing somebody else's story tends to help keep us going, especially whenever we feel like we're struggling. It's nice to hear somebody else's story. It helps us feel less alone, helps inspire us to want to keep going. And it's just great because we want to support each other, right? So you have that to look forward to in 2020 when I start releasing more of those interviews. And I have kind of slacked on recording at the end of 2019. Things are changing and shifting a little bit around here, around my life, and consistency has not been the best, which actually is kind of what has brought me to this podcast. So a little bit of uh, talking about the background of this podcast before getting into the actual three must-dos. My yoga practice has been struggling. The other episode I did prior to this one, I mentioned it, and I've been noticing that even my digestion is off, my hormones are not cooperating, just all kinds of things are are not cooperating in my life right now. And a lot of it has to come uh, to play because I haven't been very consistent, especially with my yoga practice. So it is said 
that the way we are on our yoga mat is also how we are in life, or rather even our yoga practice is a reflection of how we live our life, or however else you want to say it. There's, there's many ways to say it. But if you do have a yoga practice, then you start to realize that your practice reflects how you live, right? If you're very type A, then you're very probably type A in your yoga practice. You have a huge expectation for yourself on how you want to to perform in yoga. And you even probably take it to that competitive level. Even if you're not competing with the other yogis in the room, in your own mind, you feel like you should be mastering and perfecting things. Well, first of all, yoga is a practice. It's not perfect. But if you're type A, then that's who you are. That's what you are. That's authentic to you. And that probably is reflected on your yoga mat. I'm not actually talking today about trying to talk type A people out of being type A. I want everybody to be who they are. My point about bringing this up, though, is that your yoga practice is often a reflection of who you are in your daily life. And type A people, it's just kind of easy to pick on you and, and talk about type A people and how they are on their yoga mats and in their life. So our yoga mat, though, tends to be a place where we should practice more kindness, slow things down, listen to our bodies. And for type A people, that's really hard for them to do. And it's probably also what they need in their life, right? Type A people also tend to expect perfectionism in their lives They judge themselves. Everything's a competition, even at their job or a sport or anything else they do, right? On and off their yoga mat, they are very on it and type A. I'm just going to keep using the word type A. That's the best way to describe it. Anyways, on and off the yoga mat, a type A person probably needs to practice more kindness They need to practice a little bit more of it's okay to stop and smell the roses and slow down. It's okay. So often what we come to our yoga mats for to practice is is to find balance. And we're trying to find balance in finding what we don't normally find in our daily routine. Okay? I hope you're still with me. So again, a type A person, when they come to their yoga mat... The thing they need to practice most is kindness, slowing down, less competitive, and if you don't practice perfectly, it's okay. Now, that's often their intention when they come to their yoga mat is to try and get themselves to slow down in life because that's what they also need in life. Hence, our yoga practice is more than not a reflection of our lives. Okay, I'm just trying to to work the correlation here by picking on type A people. The opposite of a type A might be somebody who's really lackadaisy, I'll do it when I get to it, and is more that nurturing type though. Just because you're the opposite of a type A doesn't definitely doesn't make you less valuable in this world. We need people who love to stop and smell the flowers and do it often and they're nurturing and loving and they listen to other people. They're there for other people. 
because they're not on the go constantly, it's easy for them to be that mother that wants to hug and hold and coddle us and be there for us, right? So those people tend to have to come to their yoga mat to push themselves a little bit more, maybe physically or even competitively, to feel like their yoga practice is growing beyond shavasana, right? Now, those are two extremes that I have brought up. But again, the purpose of me even bringing these up is just to get you to understand the correlation of our yoga practice is a reflection of our lives, our daily lives. Now, if you're listening to this and you don't have a yoga practice, it's okay. Uh, Maybe you like to cook or you do hobbies, okay? Your type A person even with hobbies, is going to be very competitive when they make something, even if it's sewing or knitting. They are going to get upset with themselves because they didn't do the correct knot or stroke or, I don't know, I don't sew and knit. But anyways, a type A person, even whenever it comes to knitting, is going to be very much a perfectionist at how they do their hobbies and cooking and any other activity in their life, okay? So stay with me. Even if you don't have a yoga practice, there's probably something in your life. Gardening, you like to keep your house immaculate, right? Because that's a reflection of your life, too. You feel like your life should be immaculate and organized and planned out. So therefore, your house or your hobby or your yoga practice is going to reflect your life, Someone who's a little bit more lackadaisy, while their house can still be picked up and cleaned, they may not be quite as organized or anal. They're not labeling everything. They're not putting things in the pantry based on one shelf is for canned food, one shelf is for boxed food, the other shelf is for, you know, toys or not toys, but kids' snacks, right? So it's okay. Once again, we need both mindsets in life to balance things out. And often, whatever mindset you are, you kind of need a little bit of the opposite to balance you out. Okay, so that's it with with types and mindsets. Let's move on to why I'm speaking about this. For myself, if my yoga practice is a reflection of my life, then what's going on in my life right now is I'm struggling and I'm not giving my life the attention it deserves. And that is because I know this because I am not giving my yoga practice the attention that it deserves. I have really slacked on my yoga practice. I'll admit, Maui has a lot of distractions. It's beautiful here. I have the beach, water, mountains that go to 10,000 feet. So when I first moved here, I was excited about doing all the activities on the island and being outside. And my yoga practice kind of suffered a little bit. I made up excuses thinking, well, at least I'm outdoors, I'm being active, and my yoga practice will always be there for me when I get back to it. But here's the deal. Even though all those things that I justified are true, I need to get back to my yoga practice sooner than later. I'm truly noticing that my digestion and my hormones and such are not in sync or balanced because I'm not practicing my yoga. 
I am drifting around and floating around and doing what sounds good and, you know, maybe living a little bit when in Rome, you know, when in Maui. And really, I don't want to say that there's anything wrong with it, but I need some routine in my life. I need some consistency. And it's not that hard for me to get 20 minutes to an hour of yoga a day. Let's face it. All those excuses I made up about being in Maui and being distracted and playing are exactly that, excuses. I need routine. My body needs routine. The fact that I have been all over the board lately and having no routine, my my body, my life... And my yoga practice are all suffering because of it. So I'm working really hard on getting back to having a routine. And I feel like for everybody, again, whether you're a hobbyist, a yogi, an athlete, a cook, whatever it is in your life that is kind of a reflection of who you are and how you live, there are three things that I believe that we all need Three must-dos for better vitality in our lives. That even if you can find time for these three things, no matter what your crutch is, no matter what your hobbies are, these are three things that I think that I've narrowed it down that I need to make sure I'm finding every day, regardless of whether it's a work day or a play day. And these three things are, number one, breathe deeper, and more consciously, and more often. When I am on the go, or working a lot, or even playing a lot, there are times where I catch myself that I'm not fully breathing, or even taking the time to even smell the flowers, right? Just slow down, breathe deeper, more consciously, and more often find these deeper breaths, right? We can all agree to that one, no matter who you are or what your activities or your work or your lifestyle is. Number one, breathe deeper and more consciously and more often. Even mentioning it right now, trying to record this podcast, I'm catching myself that, yes, I need to breathe, slow down, breathe. Maybe you guys are all sensing it too, that I just need to stop rambling and take a deep breath. Let's do it together, okay? Exhale first. Now take a deep breath in. And maybe a nice open mouth. Yeah, doesn't that feel good? All right, number two. Go for a walk, do some yoga, or any exercise of your choosing daily. You have to get something in in your day done. For me, I am a I'm a yogi. I learned yoga. I practiced it. I've taught it. It resonates with me. So I when I go without yoga, I feel lost without it. For someone who's never practiced yoga, you may not know what you're missing out on, right? So maybe you would rather choose something else to be your routine, and that can be a walk or running or any other exercise, but you must do it. You must get out and do it. I walk a lot with my dog, but I also know I need my yoga because I'm a yoga addict. I discovered it several years ago, and therefore my body's used to it and needs it. 
if you're looking to add something in your life, maybe you feel like you're missing out on something, then try yoga. I highly suggest trying it. If you've tried yoga and you didn't like it, maybe you tried the wrong type of class and you need to go to a different studio or try a different style. There are several styles of yoga and you need to find a style that fits you. And as far as anything else, maybe sitting and meditating, uh, cooking. Maybe you like to cook, but you've been eating out a lot. You've been going to restaurants or eating quick, fast food instead of nurturing yourself with some good home cooking. So maybe you need to get back to cooking. Just like I need to get back to my yoga practice, you need to get back to what resonates with you. You just need to find what it is that makes you you and the things you enjoy. And you need to to do it more often. Make that time. Make it even a routine and do it kind of similar to yoga, but it's an activity that you enjoy. Okay? But I do highly recommend we need exercise. It needs some kind of breath to movement to help you accomplish number one, the breathing deeper, right? All right. So. Number three is to be mindful about what you digest and eliminate. And I have other podcasts on digestion and elimination in Ayurveda. Ayurveda is all about digestion and elimination. And this goes beyond the food you eat, but it does include food. So in my other podcasts, I get more in depth about we digest what we learn. We digest relationships We digest the news. When something tragic happens near you or in the world and you hear about it for the first time, right? You have to digest what you just heard. Or even good news, right? When somebody gets engaged or finds out they're pregnant and going to have a baby, that's a lot to digest. I've been there before. That even if you're excited to have a baby, when you read the pregnancy test or a doctor tells you, guess what? You're pregnant your mind starts digesting. That's some heavy digestion, okay? Elimination is, of course, letting go of what no longer serves you. When it comes to food, what no longer serves us is going to be your poop, right? That's how we eliminate that. But we also need to eliminate old emotions. We need to eliminate losses in life. To let go doesn't mean you don't care anymore, but it is time to eliminate the attachments and what's holding you back and keeping you from moving forward, okay? So keep the memories, keep the lessons learned, and move on into your life with those memories and lessons. But know that you can't get stuck in the past, okay? So digestion and elimination is huge. This can correlate to your actual gut digestion. When we are worried, depressed, sad, sometimes even overexcited, like I remember before getting married, I could hardly eat food because I was so excited for my wedding and my honeymoon and the event and everything going on that it was hard for me to eat then too, right? So our emotions, how we're digesting what's going on around us definitely affects how your stomach, your gut health, okay? So that is proof right there that it's all related, that your stress level and your emotions are directly going to affect your digestion 
and your elimination. Yoga, with all the twisting and the breathing and folding and backbending, helps support a healthy digestion by putting your body in all these different positions. So that is one reason why getting back to my yoga practice is going to help my digestion and elimination. Even if you are choosing running or biking or something like that, getting heat producing in your body will get your digestive fire going and help you digest more as well. As well as when we get the lymphatic system flowing, we are more able to eliminate. So that's why all of these things are so important for our our daily vitality and our health. And even if you're not a yogi, I speak a lot about yoga because that is who I am and that's how I can tell my stories. But you can replace the word yoga with anything you want. You can also let go of the thought of any labels. We really don't have to label these three tips because this is something we all need to do. Breathing was the first thing you had to learn when you came out of your mama's belly, right? That was the first thing we learned in life was how to breathe. So that's why it's number one on my list. And number two, we eventually needed to learn how to walk. We spent the first year of our lives developing muscles to be able to stand up and walk, right? So essential. We all need number two. Get up and walk or do whatever exercise you need. Number three is digesting and eliminating. Our bodies as babies also had to learn how to digest and eliminate food, as well as we had to digest the language around us, right? Say American English. Um, I digested that. I listened to my parents and my siblings and friends and neighbors and family speaking. I digested that and I learned how to speak. An elimination. Obviously, if I hadn't been eliminating all these years, I would be a total mess or a wreck, right? In 48 years, I've seen a lot. I've lost a lot. I've learned a lot. I've had to let go of a lot to move on into my future, okay? So these are three things everybody needs in their lives and can work on more. And this is where I leave you today. I'm looking forward to 2020. This should be my last podcast of 2019, So hang in there. 2020, I have some good stuff coming up. I'm excited about it. I might try and squeeze in something between Christmas and New Year's just to kind of say, I'll see you next year. But this also might be my last one of the year. So hang in there. Look forward to 2020 with me. And in the meantime, I leave you with peace, love, abundance, and namaste. Namaste.